0: Hey, I'm Nick Mayo, and welcome to the Black Bar Podcast. I am joined here by Kayla Weidman brah! and Zack Snyder. Ma. We have, apparently, we'll be talking completely in grunts today. This is the brah! grunting episode. Brah! Brah! Brah!
1: So Zach. Brah! Brah! Brah!
0: <laughs> How do you feel about the current status
1: of uh, church media? Oh my gosh, we're going right into it. Uh, <laughs> it, it all sucks, and we're all destined to uh, not succeed on anything. Just kidding. Just I was kidding, hoping you would just, just grunt. <laughs>
2: I was, I was hoping you for mean, a grunt uh. response. Yeah. On <laughs> a <laughs> scale of ah <laughs> uh. to oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean uh.
1: but for real though, so lately I've been kind of just uh, listening and checking out videos and podcasts of a lot of people that are kind of on the front end of having the conversation about uh, online church and the advancement of digital media. And specifically, Brady Shearer is one that I was listening to today, actually. And he was just kind of talking about a concept that I found pretty interesting. Um he was just talking about he really believes how we are in kind of a peak of the golden age of church media. Like never before have we had such an a right turn to allow the entrance of of media production and and media in the sense of online church. You know, so I think that's really interesting that we are in that state because I think I think we are going to look back and I think this is going to be an interesting point in time whether it's a big note or a little note. I imagine it'll be big because of everything that's happened but the direction that things have turned has been so unique you know it's not something we've had to deal with before in this capacity so certainly covid is the first time i mean really that i can think of in which the entire world was impacted by one thing simultaneously so certainly that will that will leave a mark but i think america as specifically is the one that's feeling this big digital turn for churches thoughts
0: yeah, so I, I I did not hear uh, that Brady had said that, but I I can't disagree. I mean, you know, COVID has been such an v- impact on the entire world. Um, you know, I I can't remember who said it, but someone with a very smart mind said that. You know, it, COVID has accelerated us like ten years into the future. Mm, yeah, you know, I do think that we're going to look back at on this time fifty years down the road, maybe sooner where we're looking at like, you know, that was the time where churches really started embracing technology and different uh, forms of media to reach people with the gospel. I, I just think that, you know, we've, it, it forced our hand, COVID forced our hand to have to start using different ways of being able to to
1: communicate with people. Um, I just imagine, uh, Nick, you sitting in a chair come here little Nick Mayo Jr I'm gonna tell you about 2020 and all the year held for us <laughs> I guess that would be Cinco de Mayo at that point not Nick Mayo Jr
2: it would be <laughs> Nick Mayo the 5th so uh, are
0: Mayo. we gonna yeah, 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 we're going right I to guess go we're gonna have to explain this to our audience now <laughs>
1: well, yeah, be, he's uh, the I'm fourth. basically Nick's he's the 4th yeah, so, so the we said he th- has th- to name yep. his child Nick Mayo uh, so that his child yep. becomes Nick Mayo the 5th and then Cinco de Mayo and yep. then like it's just it's just destined. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. Uh, well yes. Yeah,
2: I i would I would say I have maybe maybe a slightly different opinion on this idea. We're um, not
1: allowed to have different opinions no, here, so just why right, don't you just end right, it right? We're
2: right.
0: <laughs> really, the church uh, is supposed to be unity, Caleb.
2: Right. Right. <laughs> yes. I agree with that part. Uh however, so I, I would agree and say that that if, if nothing else, the season has showed the immense flexibility of the church in, in regards to how we communicate with uh, uh, each other, um, those in our congregation and those outside. In a time where we needed to be online platforms, uh, on online platforms, we are there and we're making it happen, and I think that is awesome. But. <laughs> how but ever, a big old but. I. I think so. I imagine this as like, okay, we've finally taken the first step of somewhere we should probably should have been about ten years ago. I'd agree with that. And I think we're we're running into a little bit of an issue where. So I I, I know you know we did a long time ago. We did a video on. Uh, video announcements and whether your church should do them or not.
1: A long and time a, ago,
2: a lot of, like,
0: yeah. Like, I just gotta say, a long, time, 30, ago, a long yes. time ago was like it was, was it was an early in video in, in COVID okay, okay, time. Month, that means you know, seven ago. years,
2: guys. Right. Uh, we did a video way back then, and one of the arguments often that I hear in regards to churches should be doing video announcements is that the the medium of video in general. Uh, is more engaging to young people. And then we're just more likely to listen to it because it's video, because it's media, because that's what those young people do, right? Those videos, those, those pixels. young people on their
1: TikToks. Them. Right.
0: I'll tell you, Nick Jr., 2020, we all loved our videos. <laughs> <laughs> A-
2: existing on digital spaces, creating media isn't enough by itself. It's not just the format of video or the format of Facebook or Instagram or whatever just existing on these platforms being enough. I think we've taken an excellent first step and I think we're starting to get a little cocky mm. and I think it's important to note that we, we have, we have barely barely scratch the surface of where we need to be moving in these online spaces to be able to continue to evangelize, to continue to keep even our own congregations engaged and consistent, because just being there, just using those mediums is a good first step, but let's not kid ourselves. Mm-hmm. It is a first step. Yeah. And there's a lot more steps. And I think there's a lot of churches that are getting comfortable with doing what we've always done, but setting up a video camera first. And I, I think there's 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 a lot of growth that still needs to happen in this area. But before, I would be comfortable saying that this is like an excellent, awesome renaissance moment for church media as a whole.
1: I think the biggest thing, though, is that in, in some cases, certainly a reduced number of cases, I'd say less than 40%. I think there are a lot of churches that are innovating in a way that is like transformative and different and new that I think there are certain Mm -hmm. people per our, one of our recent podcast episodes, the innovators, the pioneers, right. There are, they are still existing. They're creating art that is absolutely, you know, transcendent and it's subversive and it's groundbreaking. And quite frankly, I've heard of a lot of, government and public organizations that are taking notes from the church. You know, I I don't feel like I've heard that in a while Right, that they're learning from the church for how we're doing services or how we're interacting in an online space. So I will say that not to paint too broad of a stroke, there are a certain percentage of churches, church, creative church media people that are where I think you want us to be right uh, that, that, as a uh, mr mr three having uh, large innovative and dream, dreaming ideas <laughs> i think that there are a lot of mm-hmm. things in the in the upper percentile which is more to your standard i would say
2: sure and i i think you know we're both painting with broad strokes here mm-hmm. i think i think there are absolutely some churches that do understand this and realize that and they're innovating and they're trying new things in online spaces mm-hmm. and i think there's a lot of churches that that figured that you know, setting up a camera in the back of the sanctuary and doing what they've been doing for the past 30 years is good enough to reach an online audience. And yes, of course, I think I've said it before on this podcast God used a donkey to change a nation. He could use your live stream to do the same. Uh, but I think we can give him better than that in, in a lot of ways. So I, I know. So one of the things that, that, We really want to talk about today is a phrase that was thrown out a while ago. I
0: think on one of these podcasts. I'm not sure exactly. I think it was Zach who said it way back. Yeah. When mm -hmm. When Dan was on the podcast. Dan DeRosiers.
1: I don't know what I said this morning, so I'll just take your word for it. (laughs) and i'll take the credit yes absolutely digital missionaries i had a whole sermon on right right yeah (laughs) right it was amazing
2: he used the the term digital missionaries and i think it's it's a really fascinating concept and i think could be one of the the potential bridges that that christians are using when it comes to rethinking what does Church online really look like? You yeah. know, what what is this new space could be in the future? One of the things that uh, that I've talked about before is uh, the the pros and cons of uh, an online church space. One of the the big uh, pros of an online space is that you know most you know brick and mortar churches are limited to the demographic of people that are located geographically around where they're based, right? As much as I, you know, would love like to go to Hillsong, I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and that's just not really a reasonable option unless I'm going to drive 10 hours every Sunday. So we focus on the people who live around where we are. Now, in the online space, that's not a problem. That's not an issue. You can have, I mean, even looking at the community of Black Bar itself, we have, we have people that are engaging with our content all around the world, not like well outside America, which is cool. It's amazing. I think that's a great thing. And I think one of the things that allows us to do is instead of targeting down to a, a demographic based on location, we can target based on interest, age group, community, uh, what color color. Your hair is it. It doesn't matter. We could we could have much more specific messages for much more specific people. I think, uh, and to the to a certain extent, churches understand that not every person hears the gospel the same way. Because usually, just about every church I've been to has like an adults ministry, and like maybe a men's and a woman's, and then maybe you know obviously youth, and then kids. But the, like we've organized all of humanity into essentially five different groups of people. But the power of the internet is that we can get a whole lot more specific than that. We can find, I think it was Alex Lyons who said a couple episodes ago that, you know, their church doesn't have the time to make ministry to make a content for left-handed truckers, mm-hmm. right? It's it's It doesn't make sense for a church to be spending all that time for such a niche group. But in the online space, left-handed truckers could be an untapped area for the gospel in a way. And if you're a left-handed trucker and you're familiar with that space and you're familiar with the con- or the community, then there could be an, uh, an option, uh, a possibility of you presenting scripture in a way that makes sense to them, that's clear to them in a way they understand. That's really where we get the idea, the, the phrase of a digital missionary. We're not going to a third world country and preaching the gospel we're going to a, a you know a third world community in, in a sense and we're bringing the gospel that we already have and we're presenting it in a way that they can understand and that doesn't necessarily mean you have to make you know uh left-handed trucker analogies the whole time but there are you know nuances that come with that community there's there's of course it's going to be a certain kind of people it's going to be a certain way of thinking and there's certain dots that can be connected that that make it clearer. And I think that's something I would love to get more and more people thinking about. And that's part of the reason we want to talk about this today is the more people that can hear this thought that then realize that the person online in the comments is also your brother and also needs Christ Mm -hmm. and that you might be able to reach them even better than your pastor or your church could. Oh yeah. That's, A responsibility. That's important. I think it's about time that we stop looking at the Internet as a place for churches to minister to and start looking at as a place for the church to minister to. And that means every single one of us finding a group of people, finding a community online that we can have a unique
0: impact in. I think about how a lot of times I hear pastors, especially, um, you know, uh, youth pastors that have been my pastors and pastors. um, saying, you know, make sure you go and preach the gospel at your schools. Right. You know, doing stuff there. And, um, I just find that like, you know, we have so many, you know, that's our immediate community as a student or something, you know, your school. Well, I mean, all these other things that we do, you know, we have a whole gaming community that I know that we're a part of, you know, this is also our, can be our mission field, um, just as much as like your own school group or something like that, you know? Right
1: Now, I, I feel like a good qualifier, though, that's important for us not to miss is that not everyone's going to be called to do that. Absolutely. Right. So, like, so again, going back to our uh, church digital media strategy philosophy, the traditionalist church, there's absolutely nothing wrong with them as long as they're fulfilling the call that God's placed on their life. And for them, that probably looks like sticking to their immediate physical community. And not even touching an online space. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I think that's a good, important ground uh, groundwork there mm-hmm. so that we don't just say every church needs to eventually get online. Well, while I think all of us could probably make a good point for that, mm-hmm. I still think it's important that we don't disregard the callings that look different than a digital space.
2: Yeah, So I, I think an important distinction worth making here is I don't think... The vast majority of churches, I say, the institution of churches, are equipped to do this in nearly any capacity. I, I don't think, like we were talking about before, I don't. I, I've never seen a church with a left-handed trucker ministry, right? Obviously, that's kind of an exaggerated niche that we're talking about. Mm. But I, I honestly think this is. Individuals. I think these are missionaries. These are singular people, maybe a small group, or you know, a small group of people, or whatever that is. I, I think this is one of those times where you know the church, you know, just in general, the, the, how we've built it to function is that it has to be relatively speaking widely appealing and has to aim at a bunch of different groups that traditionally has been in a geographical location and and pull those people in and present the gospel in a way that's, that is understandable to all. But the cool thing about this system, the cool thing about being a digital ministry is you can present the gospel in a way that it doesn't matter if it makes sense to right-handed truckers. It has to make really important sense to left-handed truckers, right? And all I want to do really, if one person listens to this podcast and they think, oh my goodness." There is a community that I'm heavily involved in online that also really needs to hear the love of Jesus. Maybe there's something I can do. Then that's then it's worth it. Then it's good enough, right? I, this is a strange, weird niche example, but I'm, I'm part of too many nerdy communities as, <laughs> as it is online. So I'm just using it as an example. One of my many endless list of stupid, pointless, waste of money hobbies is that I purchase and modify Nerf guns. I know that sounds stupid. <laughs> I know that sounds like I'm 12 years old. That's fine. You haven't been shot with a Caliburn that can shoot darts at 225 <laughs> feet per second. Those things hurt, and it's a lot of fun to do. All right.
0: Just for the record, I have been shot and yes,
2: <laughs> it hurts it a heck of a it's lot. It's a lot of fun. Message me later. We can talk about a nerd outs, whatever. The Nerf community needs to hear the love of Jesus, right? I, and I know that sounds silly. I know that's that's like fun to joke at, right? But that's a community that I'm uniquely involved in. That my senior pastor is not. <laughs> He's not spending <laughs> any time on that, right? <laughs> right. It's crazy, right? So perhaps there's something I can do there. And that doesn't mean like writing Jesus on darts and you know taking pictures of them posting online, right? There's ways that we can do that. That's less corny than that's cheesy than that. But sure. I th- we need to view the online space. These reddit, Instagram, Facebook, 4chan, whatever, MySpace. <laughs> these are missions fields. and they're not missions fields for your churches. They're missions field for the church, for you, for like you as an individual, there is a mission field there. And you, like Zach was saying, I think the the strategies that we talked about a couple episodes ago with the the innovators and the adapters and the traditionalists, mm-hmm. absolutely some people's mission uh, missions field are, in-person people around them that could be their family or could be whatever. But I think there's a good chunk of people where their mission field is online, and that's a potentiality, and I would say even a responsibility, that's being missed right now. And I want to encourage as many people as I can, if if the one person hears it, Mm -hmm. then maybe there's a community that can hear about Jesus that wouldn't have otherwise.
1: I don't know if it was someone in our community that said it, but the barrier for entry into ministry is the lowest it's ever been. That sounds that, was, that sounds like yeah. uh, maybe a Caleb Wyman original. Caleb, did you say that? <laughs> I, I, I might have. I might have said that. <laughs> but but for real, like literally, the fact that you know, as a missionary, you have to raise so much money. Oh yeah, right? and you have to go to different churches, and you have to campaign, and even when you're overseas, if you don't pick up a job, you still have to sustain uh, uh income and you have to provide for your family and you have to have someone to stay but now this digital missionary space is unique because literally you do not have to necessarily leave your house in order to reach a missions field of the left-handed truckers who like to modify nerf guns while playing dnd right. right i mean <laughs> like the, go. The, the the internet is such a unique just hodgepodge of all these crazy sub Groups and subcommunities and subcultures, and I think the cool thing is, is that though not everyone is going to be like a Billy Graham level, right, of of missionary mm-hmm. or evangelist, but the fact that Caleb could, if he wanted to, be the person that is reaching the Nerf community, mm-hmm. and, and maybe that looks like a thousand people, I don't know, on a subreddit board, like if the fact that he is preaching Jesus to them in relationship, not with any expectation of anything else, just pure connection relationship. I think that's, you know, that's a qualifier that's really unique. Like if someone, for example, in the COVID scare, right? If someone is immunocompromised, like uh, my mother-in-law is, technically they could host a ministry from their house with a webcam, even though they're holed up, even though they're stuck, even though they're staying safe, they could technically start a church if they really wanted to, in that space then, right? And I think that the possibility of that being the case is just kind of mind-blowing, quite frankly. We, we have never gotten to this point before.
2: Obviously, an example of this sort of thing is literally probably what you're listening to right now. Obviously, Nick, Zach, and I all feel called to the community that is church, media people, tech people, creatives, all that. We're creating content. We're identifying with a group that we are personally a part of, and we want to help equip you and, and train you and do everything we, we can to bless this community. This is an, an example of what we're talking about. Obviously, you know, for us, it's not necessarily the lost. Right. But for many of you, it could be. Mm-hmm. And I know I've spent a lot of time thinking about this and maybe it'll be a video one day. I'm not sure. Uh, but there's like this three step process that I've thought about in my head when it comes to like engaging and finding a group of people online and really making that connection work as from a digital missionary perspective. Obviously the first one is identifying who that audience is, right? Who is, who's that audience that, that it feels like you have uniquely been equipped to talk to, to connect with in some capacity, right? Identify that audience and really narrow it down. Even you can go as extreme as what we've done with our marketing stuff. Who's that one person, right? And Find that archetype and aim at it. The next one is identify with your audience. Show them that you are also part of the community that you share, right? You, you understand what it is that they're going through. You understand, uh, you know, that, that if you don't use silicone lube inside a plunger tube, then the O-rings are going to burn away in your Caliburn, <laughs> and <laughs> then the whole Nerf gun's going to fall apart, right? Identify with your audience, right? And then the last one is identify what your audience needs, right? It's identify your audience, identify with your audience and identify what they need. For us entering the church media uh, world, we had an idea of what our audience needed and then COVID hit. And then our Mm -hmm. idea of what the audience (laughs) needed shifted so fast, so hard. Everybody needed to get online quickly. Everybody needed live stream information. And that's what we offered and it it was awesome. It's worked. Obviously, our channel grew from it. But now, you know, well over 100,000 people have watched a video on how to get your church set up with live streaming quickly. That's because we went through these steps. We found out who our audience was. Mm-hmm. We established ourselves and then helped them with what they needed. And I'd say in a general sense, that formula is applicable no matter what community you're aiming at, whether it is a saved one or not. Uh, I think it's, it's something that, that can be used in a general sense to to kind of be Jesus in whatever website you're on at the time.
1: And I I think an important thing as well that you had said earlier on that the church's flexibility and ability to kind of shuffle and shift, I think that's going to continue to be a really positive aspect that's going to make these kind of communities, these kind of shifts possible you know, accepting that one, we don't know everything, right? The things that we're doing, like Black Bar, we didn't know where it would go or what we would do with it. We had some ideas, we had an idea of our audience and what they needed. But the fact that, I mean, the three of us have shifted our mentality so many times in the last, what, seven months surrounding Black Bar. And I think that's going to continue to be our game plan. (laughs) You know, we have an idea, we have an outline, we have a perspective, we know who we're reaching, we know who we're trying to reach, but we, we just have to recognize that, hey, sometimes you're going to have to completely shift your game plan in order to reach the community that you are trying to achieve.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, the future of ministry is, is certainly online and digital missionaries is, is something that everyone can be a part of. Um, but if there's anything that I hope our audience takes away from today, from all our discussion, all the really great, wonderful things like Kale's breaking down process of the questions you have to ask to be able to reach your audience and, and everything else. The one thing I want our audience to consider is God calling you to reach people online. And if he is, how in what area can you do that? So if you don't remember anything else from the day, please just ask yourself that. And that should be about it for this episode. So thank you guys so much for joining us. We will catch you in the next one.
1: Yes, we'll catch you in the next one. We'll talk to Cinco de Mayo about the future of the church. I remember years. back
0: when I was a young man and we were doing stuff, not like, like filming
1: videos with a camera. Now Jesus is a hologram online. Here we go.
2: Can we just go back to grunting? I think I'd prefer that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for joining us for this week's conversation on the Black Bar Podcast. Be sure to check out our weekly videos on YouTube and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We want to keep this conversation going beyond the podcast and the YouTube channel So make sure to connect with us on social media and we can get you access to the exclusive Black Bar Discord, where we continue to have these kind of conversations with our community every single week. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on whatever podcasting app you're joining us on today. We want to bring more people into these conversations and you can be a part of that. It's our hope that each and every episode can be a resource for you, your team, and your church. So please share this episode to bring more people into these weekly conversations. We can't wait to see you next week as we uncover more secrets in the church media and marketing world.